Welcome back to Rome Boys. On this episode, we welcome to the upper room Father Mitch Pacwa. Bienvenido. Howdy. Devin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say welcome to Texas, but you're already too comfortable here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had the great pleasure of spending a couple of days with you, Father, uh, hunting on my cousin's ranch out south of here in Eden. Uh, you got yourself a red stag. That's my first one, and it's one of the few I've ever actually seen. You don't oh. see too many red stag, except in hunting videos from New Zealand, where they're right. enormous. Right. Yeah. But um, and, and I, uh, they're a beautiful critter, and tasty. <laughs> <laughs> but this this was a a call buck. Mm. Um, uh, for those who don't hunt, to, you call out certain bucks that aren't going to give a good genetics to the, uh, the females that they breed, and so that's that's what I was doing. It was kind of a help to the herd to make it stronger and healthier yeah you're doing my cousin a favor so i'm sure he appreciates that you know, well he, 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 he did me a favor because it was also just a lot of fun to be out there it was uh, looking for the the right one because you don't just see something and shoot you know yeah. you sure. don't see a, you never never just see a bush shaking and then shoot could be one of my kids or yeah, yeah. You know, a pet <laughs> or, or more importantly one of the cattle hey very true see that's why you know keep it real he's in texas and you get it <laughs> it was yeah, a blessing so. to have mass with you as well so yes it was a, yeah, yeah yeah well it was uh, you know when when i go out to hunt um i always bring my mass kit you know uh, my superiors knew that i needed a car but my my last vehicle had a cracked engine block, and so oh, that's not good. Yeah. No, don't, don't get very far with that. No. Nope, 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 nope. So uh, wanted to get me a little Corolla, and I said to him, that's useless to me. Yes. I can barely get a dead pig in there, yet alone a deer. I need a truck. You saw but, me drive up in my Corolla and barely made it. So. Yeah, that's it. And so... Um, you know, having uh, having a truck, I also bring not only what I need to hunt with, but also my mass kit. And um, you know, always, always, everywhere I go, we celebrate mass, yeah. and that's that's to me daily daily mass is just essential. Absolutely, Absolutely. yeah. It was it was it was awesome being yes. in the audience of three people in the mass and looking out over your shoulder, and I see. Uh, zebra and you know, wildebeest. Wildebeest. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we? Yeah. yeah, that was great. This uh, is West Texas. Yeah. No, horned well, orc this, scimitar. Well, this is another thing that a lot of folks don't understand about hunters. Red stag were in pretty high danger. Were in their oh. home turf of Europe, right? And then there are a lot of other critters that are also endangered. They had uh, scimitar oryx, yeah. very ancient animal. As a matter of fact, uh, when you look mm. at the hunting camps of Neanderthals, 
they were hunting oryx. Oh yeah. Uh, way back, yeah. you know, um, three hundred thousand years ago. Wow. Because wow. you know, uh, Neanderthals predate Homo sapiens. They're not our uh, <laughs> lineage. Right. They're not our lineage. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're a different group. But they. Uh, well, they were going extinct in their native countries. Yeah, and, until and, they came to Texas, and, and now they're thriving. Exactly. Yeah. You know that uh, there were a few Arabian oryx that got into Israel. And they sent them over to the United States, and now they're flourishing. Yes. They're almost all gone. Hmm. Oryx, the, not orcs, from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It looks like meats back on our menu, boys. No way, oh, God. God. And <laughs> No, not orcs, and not. Orec vacuum cleaners. <laughs> These are different. They're tastier than your vacuum cleaners. That's true. Yeah. It's anything like what gets into mine. So this is. I appreciate um, you saying that. I mean, you know, but it's true with all these beasts. And zoos have breeding programs, but when they have too many, and other zoos don't need them, they just put them to sleep. Yeah. Oh my. Now they're selling them to ranchers, oh. and increasing the herds of these different critters that. Are at risk, and 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 in fact, Texas A and M, bless them, because they have a great, great veterinary school, mm-hmm. and also a program for not only farm animals but for wild animals, yes. exotics. For yeah, exotics. Uh, well, exotics and native. You know, they oh, just okay. take care of all the yeah, all the wild animals, and leading vets. They keep a record of what is endangered how endangered yeah. and this helps the ranchers who raise these exotics to know what to increase what not to kill some mm. of them you can't shoot right until the herd gets back mm. and then the hunting is what finances care for these exotics yes you yes. don't charge admission to a ranch yeah. Right. Yeah. Not yet. No. Yeah. They haven't been federalized yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, but the, the, it's the hunting that finances the feeding and care and the the breeding programs for these different critters. Hmm. A lot of folks have no clue yeah. about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But in countries where they are not allowed to be hunted, they're extinct. Yes. And where they're allowed to be hunted, there is this motive namely hunting, mm. to maintain the herd what a, and keep diversity going. You know, this is kind of a paradigm because it, if there's a value on that animal, even a monetary one, uh, they're, they're more coveted and cared for. And, yep. and that's mm. kind of, a, I say, a paradigm because yes. a lot of people don't understand that concept. They think, oh, you're making money on these animals. Well, it's preserving their entire existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I think maybe some people who look at the hunting world and the idea of capitalistic ideology, uh, you know, and they're trying to mesh the two together. But um, I, I love it from your perspective, Father, because uh, you're a Jesuit and, you know, it's uh, the mission of the Jesuit is reconciliation to God through God, humanity and the environment. Right. Is it not? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, the, the core of it goes to St. Ignatius' opening of the spiritual exercises. The spiritual exercises are a 30-day retreat Mm. that St. Ignatius developed out of his own two years as a hermit. Mm. After his initial conversion, he had been wounded at the Battle of Pamplona. It was just Uh. 500 years ago in um, May of 
2021. So it was in May of 1521 that Mm -hmm. he was wounded. Cannonball shot right between his legs, nicked him, and didn't, but had it hit his leg, would have taken it off. Um, But it nicked him and broke the leg. And um, that uh, recuperation time is when he experienced conversion. It took two years to Mm -hmm. recuperate. The French enemies that had shot the cannonball so admired his courage that they carried him to the Loyola Castle in a litter. But unfortunately, it it set before they could set it. You know, it, 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 no, the, oh, the yeah. can't yeah. heal, the, the bones set. healed yeah. sure. before they could set it properly mm-hmm. with the doctor. Mm-hmm. And it had a bump in it. And if you remember, men used to wear these long hose, these long socks. Yeah. And, and shorter trousers, um, you know, that, mm-hmm. that just went to their thigh. And so there was a bump. And Ignatius was something of a ladies' man. Hello, ladies' man? Yeah, you got the ladies' man. Now, what's your query? Uh And he didn't think that bump was quite so attractive. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was was pretty vain by his Mm. own admission. Mm. He prided himself on having really neatly cut fingernails and Uh. stuff like that. Back when they were cutting fingernails with a sheep shear, you know. (laughs) And so he, Uh. he, he really groomed himself and... You know, was known as a ladies' man. Um, apparently, one of our historians said he even had a child, but wasn't oh. quite married to the mother. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, you know, there's the Augustine kind of story there. Yes, yeah. and so um, during that recuperation, he had a really bad fever from the infection. He had the doctors go in. And saw that piece of bone off. Now remember, there's no anesthetic. That's a counterheart. Right. Oh and my. Oh. You know, this this is a wake. You know, maybe a good shot of brandy or something. But yeah, that was it. Yeah, tough guy. Yeah. Whew. And it still didn't look quite right. But it got infected, of course. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't understand bacteria and germs. Yeah. So he had a bad fever from that wound. And during the fever, Our Lady and St. Peter appeared to him mm. in his room. Mm. And it's, um, that's when he started to have his conversion. Also, uh, his, he asked his sister-in-law, because his brother was now Lord of the Manor. Uh, he was the 11th son, so you know the, he wasn't going to yeah. inherit anything right. <laughs> other than what he won in war and stuff and from, oh, the, right. from the emperor. So... He, um, his, his sister-in-law, uh, he asked for some books about chivalry and battles and fights and stuff. And they didn't ha- he said, I don't have any of those, but I got a life of the saints and a life of Christ. Yes. Mm. Um, he wasn't interested for a long time. <laughs> he got <laughs> so bored <laughs> yeah, that yeah. He, he started reading that. And that's when he also noticed that as I thought about fights and battles and strategy and pretty damsels who I would put in distress like I did the last one or, <laughs> or whatever. The, um, he said, I felt I enjoyed that, but then it left me flat. Mm-hmm. But then when I thought about the different saints and I thought about the life of Christ, I felt same joy, mm-hmm. but it lasted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, it took him a number of months to notice that pattern 
And then he said, oh, this is where the real joy is, mm-hmm. and this is pseudo. Consolation, desolation, yep. the first stages yep. of that, yeah. And so, and, and he had that conversion with the vision of Our Lady and uh, of St. Peter. So when he did heal up, saddled up an old mule mm-hmm. and rode over to make a pilgrimage at uh, Montserrat, which is a shrine of Our Lady, one mm-hmm. of the awesome. many black Madonnas in Europe. Oh, yeah. Do you know why they're black? No. You know what that is mm, in the Bible? It's mm, mm. oh. in your Bible. Okay. <laughs> because there's a line in the Song of Songs that says, I am black but beautiful. Oh. oh. And so they apply the Song of Songs. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who was the originator of chivalry. Mm. He was also an old soldier. Mm-hmm. Not old, okay. he was a young soldier, actually, yeah. in his 20s. But as a soldier, he tried to combine being a soldier with Christian faith, and he was the one who came up with chivalry. Mm. Wow. Okay. wow. The originator of that. And uh, the, the chivalrous knight, because remember, yeah, yeah. in, in St. Bernard's Day, they were just getting over being barbarians. Right, <laughs> right. right. And they yeah. hadn't quite gotten over all of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of it. So... He, Ignatius, saw the saints and Our Lady as members of the royal court of Christ mm-hmm. and Christ as the king. And so he took and so he went to Our Lady of Montserrat, uh, where this, this image of the Black Madonna still is, still yeah, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they, uh, he left his sword there and his clothes, took out, exchanged his clothes with a beggar. Uh, like Francis mm-hmm. again, he, and he had read that, yeah. you know, in the life sure. of Francis, uh-huh. uh, in that book of the lives of saints, and uh, he imitated that and uh, became a hermit. There's one little story about bad discernment uh, as he's going on his way over there. Um, he came up on a Muslim because remember Spain had been ruled by nice. Muslims yeah. for a good 700 years, and there were still a few around. And this Muslim was riding a horse as he's on his mule. And the Muslim made an untoward comment about the Blessed Mother. And that was insulting. Yeah. And so Ignatius gave, said, Lord, I'm going to give free rein to my mule. If the mule follows the path the Muslim took, I'll kill him tonight. <laughs> if it doesn't, I'll go on to Montserrat. <laughs> Like Balaam's ass, his mule had good sense. (laughs) (laughs) Took him to Our Lady, and he realized years later that was not the way you discern God's will. Uh, Leaving it up to a mule. Live and learn. And make you the dumbass. (laughs) You know, there's a a story in the Quran. It's interesting you you talk about that because it's... uh, the in english it's uh tie up your camel uh, and leave the rest to god because um a guy walked in a muslim walked into a, a shop and the guy said hey your muslim your, your your camel's not tied up outside and he's like oh god will take care of it mm-hmm. um and yet he's like oh no tie up your camel then leave the rest to god you got to mm-hmm. do your part right yep, right. yep. there you, you go use your logic so you you, that'd that be an is. interesting way of evangelizing what'd you say about my mama <laughs> <laughs> Well, I my think... donkey led me here. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in after he had left his sword and clothes 
you know, gave his coat to the beggar and left his sword at, after an all-night vigil, like knights do. Knight, mm-hmm. That was one of the things right. that St. Bernard did. Mm-hmm. You go to a chapel of Our Lady, mm-hmm. and you place your sword there in an all-night vigil. He made that all-night vigil, and then took up the livery of Christ mm-hmm. instead of the livery of the, king, the human kings. Mm-hmm. If he took up the livery of the emperor, Charles V, at mm-hmm. that time, yeah. it would have been with the, the signs of royalty and of mm. Castile and Aragon and all that stuff. Yeah. But he took the livery of Christ, which is the clothes of a beggar. And he went over um, to this cave uh, at Manresa, not too far away, asked the Dominican to be a spiritual director. And he went through lots of struggles. Mm-hmm. You know, he had scrupulosity yes. and a variety of other difficulties. Um, but in that process, he you know, grew in holiness, and that was the, his experiences there as he wrote them down were the basis for writing down the spiritual exercises. Mm-hmm. Ah. And, you know, he, he didn't write with, you know, the eloquence of a well-educated man. He wrote mm-hmm. basic, simple language mm-hmm. um, to the point, and that, that was it. And he kept refining that over the next years till he died in 1556. But... Um, uh, Fifty-six, yeah, fifty-six, and so he he kept on that refinement, and um, that becomes the basis of a thirty-day retreat mm-hmm. every Jesuit makes twice in his life. Okay. Once mm-hmm. at in novitiate, mm-hmm. um, in your first year as a novice, and before you take your final vows, or your first vows, and then again after about 10, 15 years or so. Uh, before you take your final vows. So you've it done again. it twice? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. And have you directed any? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have mm-hmm. directed a number of people in, in the spiritual exercises. Mm-hmm. It's a great experience. I was it in is. a seminary to a three-day, eight-day, and a 30-day. It'll yeah. change your life. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. It really is. And, um, and Ignatius got into trouble uh, because after he was a hermit, he realized that he wanted to share this with others. Spanish Inquisition was a little uh, nervous. They're a little, um, yeah. um, not, I don't want to say trigger happy. It was uh. more um, <laughs> axe happy. Oh, I didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. And so they... Um, and Ignatius is saying, set the world on fire, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's pretty bold. And yeah. they were afraid that he was a prophet. Now, they would investigate what he said, yes. investigate his writing, and always find him innocent. But they said, mm, you can't do this. You're not a priest. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so he started to study. He went to grammar school mm-hmm. and was studying with the first graders wow. to learn Latin. He knew he could write Spanish, but he couldn't write Latin. So he went to first grade, and he was already about 30 years old. Wow. Yeah, because uh, he, he's born in 1491 and 92. Talk about a humbling experience. Yes. You're a 30-year-old man. I'm going to go spend... Well, there's a whole movie, movie about this. It's called Billy Madison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that. Adam Sandler. Eh, don't, don't, don't watch it. Yeah, <laughs> not, a, not a highly recommended movie. Right. No. Never mind. Unless <laughs> you have some time that you want to waste. Well, what is it nice to do at recess with all these little first graders? <laughs> Now you're all in big, big trouble. Oh, yeah!
<laughs> I think 16th century recess was a little bit different than today. <laughs> I bet so. <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, but he would still give retreats. And so eventually he realized uh, Spain is not a good place for me. The Inquisition is just too hot yeah. on my case. So he went to Paris. Oh, yes. Mm. And yes. studied at the University of Paris. And his went from first grade to a university. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he, he he finished enough Latin to get over. Oh, good, they, good. they didn't have the same kind of yeah system process. Sure. So sure. Uh, so, but his roommates uh, were uh, a couple of guys that yeah. became his first. Yeah. Awesome disciples. guys. <laughs> yeah. One of whom was Francis Xavier. Yes. And the he um, uh, roomed with him, and Xavier was. The big man on campus. Oh. He he was the big man. He was uh, an athlete, hmm. uh, the um, uh, running champ oh. at University of Paris. Uh, he, he was on the, the, the running. They yeah. didn't have teams in those. They just yeah they, they competed. but they had races. Yeah, there was lots and, of competition. And he he won the races and stuff yeah. uh, on a regular basis. And so they so they were roommates. And uh, Xavier's family was also Basque. She's Ignatius was in Spain, but he was a Basque. Mm -hmm. And that's a different group than the Spanish. They were there before the barbarians who became the Spanish were there. The, uh, a lot of German tribes entered into Spain during the barbarian invasions. Uh, the the uh, uh, Vandals, the Van they, yeah, they right. conquered Spain, yes. and the Suevi, Mm -hmm. You don't hear. Matter of fact, I've been thinking about this. If you ever run into some trouble with your football teams, mm -hmm. and they don't like you to be called by different Native American tribes, the barbarian tribes from Europe don't care. The Washington That's football true. team, you can take that. The Washington, <laughs> the Washington barbarians. Team can yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Vandals, whatever. Well, well the, the the Washington Swaby. You know, that's not Patrick Swaby. <laughs> no, no. It was probably named after them. Yeah, right, right. I don't or know if that's his real name. Swayze. I, I don't know if it's his real name. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Stage. right, right, right. Yeah, I can't tell in Hollywood what's real and what isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but if it is, that's probably from the Swaby. Uh, at any rate, they, um, uh, you know, have all this... Uh, they're, they're a different group. Basques are a different group. But part of the Basque country is in France, and part of it is in Spain. Xavier's family fought on the French side, mm -hmm. and Ignatius' family fought on the Spanish side. Mm -hmm. Now, that's going to be a little tense. Sure. Mm -hmm. This is like having a U of Texas and a Texas A&M yes, family yes, yes. in the same room. <laughs> Great analogy. For years. Great. We understand. Yes, I know it. Totally. I know it. <laughs> you know what's also interesting about this point is that uh, you have Christopher Columbus coming to the Americas, mm -hmm. but the Jesuits, it was French that came to the Americas, right? The first Jesuits were, were from France, right? Mm, in North America. Okay. Maryland uh, area? No, no it, not really. There were some Jesuits that went to, to Spanish Florida. Oh, okay. okay. Who later on were martyred. Okay. Really? Yeah, yeah. Now, Mostly by the English. Mostly by the English. Ooh, yeah. But that, that's another story. Now, the rest of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there were some who came to Virginia, you know, okay. and they were also martyred. Mm -hmm. wow. you know. uh, uh, but, that, but, that, that, but the French ones are the ones we know of as the North American martyrs. The, yeah. the Spanish martyrs are not as well known. No, but there, were, there were Jesuits in, in, in Florida. And, of course, there were a number of Jesuits that went to Latin. 
Latin America. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just mentioned that because, you know, I hadn't heard the Spanish side of it. You know, you could tell I was thinking only of the French, but mm-hmm. the French funded, gave America its first loan uh, to start the country financially because right. we were in the pits. You know, we were uh, the... We started off in debt. We're still there. <laughs> yeah. We got out Haven't of it. Haven't recovered. Once. Even more so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. One, one of the first Franciscans to go to Mexico uh, after Cortez. Oh, yeah. Um, it wasn't right with Cortez. It was a little bit after him. That Franciscan was named Ignatius Loyola. Oh. It was St. Ignatius' nephew. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Did not know that. Cool. I know the Franciscans like to tell me that story. <laughs> <laughs> so I remind them, well, that's fine and dandy, but one of the first Jesuits was named Francis. <laughs> it works. Come on, bring it on, Franciscans. Let's go. In fact, that's, that's where I always... Um, it will tease the friars at EWTN. I say, difference between a Franciscan and a Jesuit... Franciscan walks in the woods and he sees Bambi. I walk in the woods, I see backstrap steak and a new pair of boots. <laughs> this I understand. Yeah. Uh, we speak that language, yes. yes. You know, I, I, what, I enjoy your conversation because you just, I think a lot of times we think, oh, the the ordained and the religious orders and all of this is too far outside of the layman's reach, Mm. but the influence on the, you know, the home that we live in and, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. your understanding of it, the influence of who we are as farmers and, Mm -hmm. you know, ranchers and hunters. And, uh, it's really the root of how our, how we got started. And these people were brave people. They put their life on the line. The Jesuits that came over, Mm -hmm. I mean, they were on a mission and they were martyred and Mm -hmm. they were scalped by, you know, uh, natives. Mm -hmm. And it was tough. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And here's one of the things that, you know, we started off talking about creation. Oh yeah. And how this one, this key notion goes back to these spiritual exercises Mm -hmm. That St. Ignatius learned in this struggle with his own conversion in the process of life. He said that uh, in the first principle and foundation, that everything is created for the glory of God and everything mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't make that up. Sure. Yeah. Sure. This is something that comes from Genesis chapter 1. That you know, as soon as the Blessed Trinity prepares creation, mm-hmm. you know how it says in the beginning, in the first verses, Remember that? Remember that? No, so, sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I say it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Your kids speak Hebrew. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's how in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was a mm. wasteless void, and the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. Now, by the way, there's one Catholic translation that's not quite right. Uh-huh. I would even say kind of dumb, where it says, <laughs> a mighty wind hovered over... No, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. It says, the Ruach Elohim, yeah. the Spirit Elohim. of God, hovered over the water. And that word hover, merechefet, is a word used only one other time in 
I believe it's Deuteronomy 32, where it refers to an eagle hovering over its nest, the, you know, in order oh, to yeah. induce its young to to start learning to fly. You know, oh. they'll they'll hover over, flapping their wings, to encourage their young to start to fly. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Before they pick them up and throw them out the nest. It's like a, so, a drawing <laughs> up. Some but... of you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So and so um and then after that preparation god said let there be light and there was light mm. and god saw that the light was good mm-hmm. and every time god creates something he says it's good except for the firmament ah. and the second day he ah. created the firmament to separate the waters above and the waters below mm-hmm. uh and it doesn't say it was bad just didn't say it was yeah, good he didn't huh. yeah no it wasn't good yet because he hadn't finished no 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 yeah. no you're missing the whole issue i missed it yep what's the in in jewish countings what's the first day of the week saturday no saturday. no that's the that's the, that's the, the seventh day okay yeah it's saturday. So that's the shabbat so first day is sunday mm-hmm. and the creation of the firmament is happens on the second day which is monday monday this proves it's in the Bible. Even God doesn't like Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's just get rid of it. Oh, man, you had me on the hook Somebody's the entire got, time. Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You had me on the hook the whole time. I, I know. Oh, this is going to be great. Ah, yeah. oh, that's a joke. <laughs> you got me. But it's See, a this real... is why I don't only hunt. I fish. <laughs> 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 yep, he got me. Reel the bit. And so, oh, but but you know, he that God's creation is good, and then the issue for us human beings is that do we use creation for the greater glory of God? Mm-hmm. This ought to be our goal. That it's all good, and Saint Ignatius says that's true of a long life or short life, Mm -hmm. of sickness or health, Mm. of riches or poverty. Any one of those is a good. Mm -hmm. Didn't say comfortable. You didn't hear me say comfortable. No, no, no. no. You didn't say comfortable. But it is a good. And the Lord, the greater glory of God can show through any one of those gifts, Mm -hmm. whether it's a long life or a short life. That's why we have... A number of saints sure. who are very young. Hmm. Yeah. Some of them died as martyrs. Some of them died of disease. This young man that uh, they're looking to have as the patron saint of the internet yes. was just a young teenager. Was he 15, Mr. 16? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, Blessed Carlo. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blessed Carlo. Um, and it is good to have a young person yes. as a patron of the internet because mm-hmm. the internet is so typically a trap for young people mm-hmm. when they go searching in the wrong places mm-hmm. sure. and in sinful places. And this is uh, something that we have to keep in mind yeah. about you know, life in general. You, you have our Lord chose poverty, mm-hmm. but there are a number of saints who were very wealthy but they used their wealth and power for the greater glory of God. They weren't attached to it. And Mm -hmm. there are other people who are absolutely destitute poor, Mm -hmm. and they use that poverty for the Mm -hmm. greater glory of God. And then there's farmers who (laughs) keep getting poor. (laughs) (laughs) 
Amen. <laughs> ranchers are right there with them, like mm-hmm. like the one rancher who won the uh, lottery and got a few million bucks. Said, "What you gonna do? You gonna go retire?" Said, "No, no, I'll just keep on ranching until it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Won't take long. <laughs> It'll yeah. take long. Yeah. But it's you know this is uh, th- this is part of life. Yes, sure. And Ex- except for all you're that's at, good. Right? Be where you're at. And God yeah, can exactly. bless that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And but also be alert. This is one mm-hmm. of the things I've always learned in hunting. Mm-hmm. You stay alert. You know what is it the Lord might ask you to do? Because mm-hmm. you know there are different promptings of our Lord and different situations show up. Mm-hmm. So Ignatius didn't want to stay in trouble with the Inquisition, so he moved to Spain, uh, to France, to Paris. And there, he got his first ten disciples. Mm-hmm. The, the, well, nine is what became the first ten Jesuits. In the, in the way that God calls you, Father, uh, and, and it seems as if your apostolate uh, with Ignatius Productions, mm-hmm. uh, it, that's kind of front line. You talked about uh, the, the Blessed Carlo with mm-hmm. the Internet, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's front line stuff. Yeah. Uh, and in the media, that can be the front line, right? And to have these conversations. Exactly. You know, and uh, it, uh, I, I'm always happy to say, I have zero training in media. I've yeah. never had a course in radio, television, <laughs> and these forkakta computers. Who understands them? <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah. So it's so anybody can do it. Is what you're getting at? Well. I, I guess I don't know, but you know it's you know for instance you know I look at the folks at EWT Modern Jellicus mm-hmm. used to, always would say to me and to audiences I didn't know how to adjust the color on a TV yet alone run a TV network <laughs> yeah. but this adjust is what happened you know yeah. that the Lord used us who have no training in it mm-hmm. uh, to to do what we do yeah. and you know it's and it didn't matter to her. How many people we reached? Um, she didn't mm-hmm. care. She uh, people would always ask her, "Well, what are your ratings like?" She said, "I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I put this out there with and Jesus." Why does that matter? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, but it's just one person. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and there are plenty of folks. That, you know, were on their way to commit suicide, mm-hmm. and their guardian angels mm-hmm. got them to turn on the radio or TV and, God. and they changed their mind. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that's dealing with saving the soul right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or people on their way to commit abortion or something, you know, that, yeah. you know, yeah. these truly life and death issues yeah. as well as the more normal kind of conversions that mm-hmm. take place. So as Chris pointed out, you know, you're kind of in the front lines, you're out in the media, you're out up front. Does, yeah. Do you find that you're hindered in any way from saying things that you'd want to say or, you know, that hold you back? Now way? and again, they sort of pull the reins up on me. You know, <laughs> right. make sure I don't well, get too crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, um, know that, you know, they, they, for instance, at the network, there are a lot of our viewers who uh, don't really you know, think that hunting is a good idea. Really? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like, always like to tell the story of this uh, lady. I was giving a retreat up in Staten Island, New York, and this lady came up to me and said, Father, how can you kill those poor deer? <laughs> and so I said, well, ma'am, do you go to the grocery store and buy meat? Mm. Uh-huh. She said, well, yeah. 
said, all right. The difference between you and me is that you get hired killers to do it for you. You're like a mafia don. I'm just a local hitman. <laughs> and you know, she said, you know that makes sense. She's going to slap you or something. Yeah, yeah, no, no, she, she, you know, they just talk like that. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> well, I can say. Meet them where they are. Who yeah, knows who this lady was? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. As a, uh, she was so sweet. She yeah. really was a delight. But, Neat. you know, she just said, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, I'll say that. Uh, that to that point, hanging out with you for a few days and being able to see your appreciation for the animals, uh, oh, yeah. it's I, I can attest to it firsthand. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's it's awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, I, you know, I just don't buy red meat in the store. Mm-hmm. I buy chicken. I'll mm-hmm. buy that. Because yeah. if you say that you hunted that chicken, <laughs> your neighbor might come hunting you. <laughs> Those are called barmets. Yes. <laughs> but it, but. But other, you know, my red meat, I buy and I yeah. butcher myself. And, and Much healthier. It's not only that, I, I love the whole process mm. from choosing the animal, taking the shot, mm. and doing all the cleaning and skinning, and then I butcher my own meat. Yes. You know, sure. that, that, that whole process, and then I cook it and eat it, mm. yeah. you know, and, and share it with friends and, and, and people who need meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love doing that. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, you shared of a, uh, uh, a priest, maybe a diocesan priest, who uh, is a rancher and has cattle and yeah. uh, provides that for the pantry there at the church, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, That's a great idea. Yeah, he, uh, he buys these uh, heifers that won't nurse their calves. They kick them off. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even go after them. You know, they're just mean heifers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I won't say what big city I think they might be from, but <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> see, this is the controversy that Joe talks about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we gotta rein you in. <laughs> I know. See, that's what I mean. That's what I. That's what that does to hold me back. But um, but anyway, he buys these you know mean heifers. Yes. You know, cheap. Because yeah. they, they oh, can't, they're, they're, can't guys them. are trying to get rid of them. Yeah, because yeah. they're dangerous. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly, and they're dangerous to the other heifers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so uh, you get these bad girls together. He <laughs> takes them out. They graze on this one ranch. It's a family that you know had been in law enforcement, and they don't raise any cattle themselves. They just want to be off on a ranch in Wyoming. Yeah, and they just. They're just calming down after years of law enforcement because that is tough. Tough, yeah. Not only now, but it's yes. been tough all along because sure. you're dealing with yeah. mean, bad people. Yes, That's yes. all there is to it. It kind of changes your outlook on people. Yeah, you have yeah. to deal with the worst of the worst I every bet. day. Yeah. Yep. And they were real uh, real serious law enforcement. They're, they're having to deal with the worst. Oh, yeah. So at any rate, he puts them out there, and they let them graze on their ranch because it's mostly empty land. And so I went out there to give a mission over at St. Matthew's Parish in Gillette, Wyoming. Oh, yeah. So a couple other ranchers that he and I both know and uh, put our horses up in there and rode out to this place where he's got the cattle, rode up above the rim rock and Mm. looked for the cattle and found them and drove them down and separated out a bunch of them to bring in to butcher. And the, the, the priest butchers them. Uh, himself and puts that for the food pantry and you know since there's been a change of administration the uh in uh, the workers in the coal fields are getting out of work 
Oh, you know, yeah. so yeah. that the, the people are hurting. Mm. Yes. A lot of people are hurting, yeah. and um, yeah. and they need meat for their children. So Absolutely. this this is a great way to to do it. And uh, some of the parishioners set up an old um, container, and they outfitted it with a butcher shop and a cooler. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, so he's got wow. that meat up in there, and it's just a great great way to yeah. help out folks sure. that just need uh, yeah. food. absolutely. That's it. Mm. Man, that's great. That's great. Talk about just trying to find your place and yeah. do. Provide a need. God calls you. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, it's grass-fed. You have to go to some of these uh, whole check market uh, stores to find, yeah. you know, grass-fed grass beef and pay stuff. extra. yeah. yeah. <laughs> for them to eat cheaper. grass. <laughs> yeah, for them to eat grass. Yeah. What's the deal? Oh, yeah. But but he you know uh, he gives them good grass fed beef mm-hmm. and tasty and that's it, it, good quality cattle. It's uh, oh yeah. Uh, they're so, just mean. Yeah, they're just mean. Yeah, yeah. What, what, you know, y'all. Some of you have some red heads, right? Oh uh-huh. yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. all of them. Well, yeah, he's yeah. got uh, he's got some uh, red Angus and they're oh, just yes. ornery. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, uh, talking about cattle and uh, rainy in there, Father. Hang yeah, on. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna change Don't go the there. subject. Yeah. Yeah. See, here we go. See? Uh, making our wife and kids. Yeah. Uh, but uh, see, they, this is the problem of being on this podcast. Is yeah. That the 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 crowd's a little low. <laughs> I'm starting to jump over it. <laughs> they put me on high fence over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Let go of the reins here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of gazelle in your ways. <laughs> oh, man. Or Mustang. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. For sure. Uh, but I was talking to a, a, a guy who's local here, and he says he's got the purest bloodline from Christopher Columbus of the Texas Longhorn. And he so passionately went on to say that without the Texas Longhorn, North America would not exist in its population as it does today. Yep. Wow. And it's just very interesting. Mm. And he talked about, you know, grass-fed. He said in his production with like a, a red Angus or a black mm-hmm. Angus, um, they're not as efficient as these Texas Longhorns. That's why they drove them all the way up to Chicago and, you know, mm. Alaska. Kansas and, City. And Kansas mm-hmm. City, yes. And Goodnight Loving Trail and all of these mm-hmm. um, uh, cattle drives. But I thought it was very interesting that it's just right down the road here where we have some of the purest breed of Texas Longhorns. And, mm-hmm. and again, back to you know the Spaniards bringing them over and what he talked about specifically and one of the only places that you can get it this pure bloodline is right here in a little town called Brownwood Texas down the road yeah. yes you pass through it mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but they sell a hamburger there that's of their cattle and it's uh, an organization that uh, they fight with the other organization of Texas Longhorns because oh they think they have the good the real Texas Longhorns <laughs> but uh, that what they said is uh, to your point about eat, buying chicken and you know hunting uh, red meat, that this cattle is um, it's healthier than chicken, and it's mm. and it's cattle, it's red meat. Yep. So yep. Uh, I'm I'm excited. They invited me out to go eat some uh, you know Texas Longhorn. So uh, you know, speaking of which, uh, I always like to talk about this for folks who have daughters, which. You all do. Yes, six of them. Yeah, six daughters. <laughs> yeah, God bless you. Sorry. We have. I always like to tell families that have daughters that, you know, about how uh, something I said to a lady I met up in uh, Canada. I was at Niagara Falls speaking at a conference, and this lady and her boyfriend were in their late 30s, and I was at the elevator uh, in between lectures, 
And she said, oh, can you marry us? And he's looking like, oh. (laughs) 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 And I said, no, ma'am, I have no jurisdiction. This is Canada. Uh, I'm an American, and I don't have any jurisdiction here of any kind in the church or outside. But then I said, ma'am, do you know how to domesticate wild cattle? (laughs) (laughs) And she said, no, why would I know that? I said, well, let me tell you about it. What you do is you round them up, and then you drive them for three days. And in those three days, you don't let them go get a drink of water. You just keep <laughs> driving them. And then at the end of three days, they are dragging. On the fourth day, you lead them to water. And at that point, they're yours. <laughs> I said, ma'am. Men are no different. <laughs> and and the, yeah. the man said to me on this left, why are you telling them our secrets? <laughs> <laughs> but oh. see, people always ask, what do you learn out there? Well, I learn a lot of good stuff. <laughs> True nature. Yep. Oh, that's yes, that's creation. You never know where these conversations are going to go. Never. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, uh, you, you were called to be a Jesuit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, where did that calling come from? I mean, from God, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I had gone to public school in first and second grade. And I'd gone to six schools in first and second grade. My, my dad was a truck driver, and we drove around the country. So I went to schools in Florida and Colorado and uh, Ohio and Illinois. So we went around different places. And when we finally settled back in Chicago, he, uh, the, the company he worked for told him to move to Canada for six months without bringing us, and he wouldn't do it. Mm. So we, we settled back in Chicago where we came from. And... Went to Catholic school for the first time. You know what tuition was in those days? $2 a month. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, and that was still hard for my parents to pay, but wow. they knew it was worthwhile. So, wow. they, so they sent us to Catholic school. And we, um, well, I was getting ready for my first Holy Communion in third grade. Um, I, you know, just felt that's just before receiving uh, our first communion. That's when I first felt the call to be a priest. The Whoa. sisters and priests were really good. Now, I could tell that they loved us in a way different than the public school teachers, who were not bad, in the, and they were good, good teachers. I really had a lot of respect for my you know, grammar school teachers in public school, and they, they did a good job. But there was another quality that the sisters and the priests in the parish brought that I had not seen before. And it wasn't, it wasn't something I could name. Hmm. You just had a sense of it. And it's not as if they were all, oh, you sweet kids. No. Yeah. Yeah. It Very was, tough. <laughs> I always talk about how we had 50 kids per class. Wow. 50 wow. to 55. 55 was the limit. <laughs> yeah. And we had four classrooms per grade. Wow. And wow. this yeah. was, you know, post-war baby Packed boom. Wow. And, you wow. know, this is just a parish school. I think we had about 1,200 kids wow. in the school, between 11 and 1,200 kids. Early no, 60s. 50s. Oh, 50s, yeah. This is right, in the right. 50s. And um, I'm old. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I was just thinking First Communion. and uh, yeah. I, That was 1958 I made my First Communion. Amen. 
It was really cool. I still have two buddies that I made first communion with. We're still friends after really? all these 64 years. Oh, that's wow. awesome. Yep, yep. That's, <laughs> that's really, great. It's really great. And um, uh, at any rate, you know, that's when I felt my vocation, and I never changed my mind. Up until then, the only thing I wanted to be was a cowboy. Okay. I, I, I just <laughs> loved cowboy. I, I loved Colorado more than any place oh, we goodness. lived. Yeah. We lived in Colorado Springs. Okay, yes. And uh, you know, it was a small town yes, back in 50. Right. Yeah. We were there so in 56. No, 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 55. 55 we were there because I was six years, turned six, six over there. Yeah. Got my first boots and first cowboy hat. Really? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Wow. In, in a six year. Colorado Springs, Colorado. There's a convent. Up there, ah, there, 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 there's there a. It, it, I don't know that it's in the springs, but well, it, up, I, I think in it's that up direction. Yeah, in that yeah. Area, yeah, yeah. Was and it there at that time? Or not that it? I knew of. Uh, yeah. I was just a little kid. I, I didn't care about. Yeah, right, right. No, right, right. I, I wanted to go shoot some. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a real cap gun, <laughs> and it was loaded. <laughs> yeah. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> so, uh, so, but after that, I just want to be a priest. I haven't changed my mind since I was mm -hmm. eight. I went to high school seminary, and, you know, I knew that my parents couldn't, you know, help too much with tuition. And my dad didn't want to either, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because he didn't want me to be a priest at all. Wow. He mm -hmm. really was against it. And... When I was in high school, I got jobs and worked for him. Sometimes he had um, a cool business. He would he had a truck. He would put these matrices on there, and they would uh, melt white walls onto black wall tires. You, went, you took the tire off the vehicle, sanded it down with a brush, and then melted this latex white wall on it. Huh. See, they used to have stuff that you painted on, but it always came off. Yeah. But white walls on a tire increased the value of a car in those days mm. by seventy-five to hundred dollars or more. Black wall tires—they blend into the pavement, but these white wall tires—they say, "Look at me, here I am." Yeah, you know, yeah. That, now yeah, I, I keep thinking there's no more white walls. No, you, yeah. don't, see you don't see them anymore. But that, back then that was really cool. Oh, yeah. And so, so I did that with him. And then I got a job at a catering hall as a busboy. Huh. Um, what is it he wanted you to do? Almost anything. He, want, he wanted me to, to – he had a pretty good idea that I was the only one that was going to go to college mm. uh, or finish high school. Yeah. <laughs> My brother and sister dropped out, and the last brother finished high school, but by the hair of his chinny-chin-chin before he could shave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so – you know, they, um, they they just weren't into it. So he wanted me to go on to be a doctor or a lawyer yeah. or something, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he didn't care. Something but not a priest. Make some money. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and give them grandkids. You know, uh -huh. that's the other thing, too. So, um, so I started to take that money that I earned at my jobs, and I invested it in the stock market when I was 15. Interesting. A sophomore what? in high school. Yeah, it's early. Uh, wow. I, it wasn't legal either, but like I, <laughs> I think I already mentioned that we were in Chicago. Enough <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> said. <laughs> and I knew I, I knew a banker at the parish, uh, and 
uh, I, I said, well, could you buy stock for me? I said, well, I can, but <laughs> you're not going to sue me if you lose the money. I said, nope, if I lose the money, I lose it. But yeah. I, I just need to uh, help yeah. to buy it. So so I bought stock, and you know, like the first stock I bought um, later on went from $50 investment to $550 oh, investment. Oh, wow. So it did, did okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I spent time, I would read the... Uh, stock market reports. I'd go to the. Wow. Uh, I'd get the Republican paper. We were stone Democrats, but you know, um, I would, you know, get the Republican paper because they had better business news. Okay. Huh. And I'd read about the different companies. Look at the ratio between price of stock and uh, dividend payment. You know, just measuring that and just check stocks yeah. for a long time wow. and then buy it. And so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. in fact, as a as a junior in high school, I won second prize in the school science fair for my report, my exhibit on how the stock market works. Okay. Wow! Yeah, so that was wow. kind of cool. Yeah, and yeah. so I was into it, and I got other guys involved in. We were investing in stock, including one of these guys that I grew up with. Oh, you know, really? he, yeah. he, he bought stock with me and. Uh, uh, National Tea, which huh. later on became some of the um, uh, Publix. Uh, oh, Publix. United yeah. was, was uh-huh. bought out by Publix and some other uh, routes and a few wow. others. Wow. At any rate, um, as a junior, though, when I, after, right when I was doing that science thing, I began to realize I'm really focused on the stock market stuff. And I began to be afraid that I was going to be so focused on my stock portfolio that I would neglect my priestly mission. Mm. Amen. I thought that that was going to be, and I said, I don't know that I'm strong enough to be a diocesan priest. Because that's mm. I was in the, oh. see, I started in the diocesan seminary when I was oh. 14. Yeah, high school seminary. Yeah. Gosh. High school seminary during Vatican Council. Well, the council yeah, was still that, going on, right? Sure. You know, in '63 when what I you started, mean by not strong enough. I I didn't know that if I I could with stand back from the temptation to be so focused on acquisition of stock, okay. and money and stuff, mm. instead of focusing on the priestly ministry and poverty and yeah, Jesuits yeah. And, and the religious. And it, you know, even if you're a diocesan priest, sure. you know, uh, you have to take care of yourself. Yes. That, that's part of their vocation, and they have to prepare for their retirement but you can become focused on some of that mm-hmm. instead of on yeah. you know, service to your people sure and i was the kind i didn't think i could do that okay. i didn't think i was strong enough to mm-hmm. withstand that temptation know thyself that's, so that's healthy that's mm-hmm. yeah. that's when i began to think about religious life mm. and even one of the priests in the parish said you ought to be a religious yeah you know, he said that to me, you know, which is odd. Yeah. But yeah. but he's, he just, out of the clear blue, he said that to me. I said, no, no, I didn't think so. But um, it stuck there, I guess. In mm. that junior, that was junior year, we moved to another neighborhood. And just a few days after Christmas, back in 66, yeah, Christmas 66, I just said, I'm not going to be a diocesan priest. Just... It was one of those, and I think it was an inspiration, just sort of, mm. it's not something I was contemplating. It was just came to my head. Mm-hmm. And then three mm. days later, I said, I'm going to be a Jesuit. Okay. Wow. And I'd never met a Jesuit wow. in my life. Must be God. Wow. I never Whoa. saw one. 
Yeah. I didn't read a life of Ignatius or wow. anything like that. Hmm. The only contact I ever had with any Jesuit background was in our fourth grade uh, geography book. There was a story about Francis Xavier hmm. going to Japan hmm. and how after the Jesuits started the church and they were really flourishing, there was a persecution but the Jesuits told the Japanese Christians, we're going to be killed, and wait, there'll be other Jesuits, other priests will come here. And when they come, ask them these questions. Do they marry? Do they, uh, are, are they under the Pope? And do they respect the Blessed Virgin Mary? Mm -hmm. And it was 250 years later, in the 1860s or 70s, a French mission went to Japan, and the chaplain was a Franciscan, and these Japanese came to him asking those three questions. They had passed it on. Wow, that long. Yeah, 250 Gosh, years without incredible. contact from the West. Wow. And there were some 12,000 Catholics down in the south of Japan. Japan yeah. Especially wow. around, interestingly enough, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm -hmm. Wow. There are a lot of these Japanese. And so they just all came out of the woodwork mm. and were eager to see the priests. Wow, that's good. And and so I said, well, these guys know what they're doing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was the only contact I'd ever had with anything Jesuit ever. Mm. Yeah. And so then I began this process of investigating the society and, yeah. you know, writing to the vocation director, getting some literature and all that. Uh, I finished high school at the Dachshund Seminary, and I applied as a senior, but the society postponed me. They did. They wanted me to go to a Jesuit school for a year, so I went to Loyola University in Chicago. Hmm. And um, some of the grades were postponed. St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it worked. Now, when right in the February of that junior year high school, after I'd first said that, I sort of popped out. You know, at the time, the Vietnam War was getting a little more hot. And I said, Dad, I'd like to sign up early and go on, you know, to, to fight over there because the communists were doing terrible things. Sure. Wow. And he said, no, you can't. I won't give you permission. And, and I could tell when my dad said something, he mm. meant it. You know, mm -hmm. he, I'd learned that plenty of times. <laughs> dad was not someone, there are times you could negotiate, but not often. And that was definitely not one of them. No, uh, I, could just, I just knew. So, um, well, then it, uh, somehow it came up, and I just sort of blurted out, well, I'm becoming a Jesuit. And my dad turned to my mom and said, what the hell is he Who's talking that? about this time? What's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a Jesuit? And yeah. she explained, she said, he turned and said, the day you become a Jesuit priest, that's the day you're out of my will. And sure enough, on the day of my first Mass, he disinherited me. Now, uh, I couldn't have kept it anyway. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so but even I wasn't so much of a wise guy that I said that. I just said, <laughs> <laughs> let it slide. Yes. But, um, wow. But he did, and, and I was out of his will, but he made me the executor. I <laughs> you were really good with stocks. I, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> have, and you know what? He had kept that stock. Oh. That first time, because I, I, you know, I hadn't cashed it in yet. Uh, the others I'd cashed in to pay for my tuition at Loyola, uh, but I didn't need to cash that one. And so I said, "Well, we have the same name. My dad and I had the same name." Oh yes. And so I just gave it to him, and um, he uh, 
you know, um, never cashed it in. Wow. And so it just kept increasing, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and there were all these, uh, it, it would double, you know, that, you know, they split, split and, yeah. the stock and uh, so it, there were a lot more shares. And, and the, the company was originally called Rockwell Standard, became North American Rockwell. Oh. Who did real well? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes building. They 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 were originally just making uh, uh, engine parts, but they moved into airplanes mm. and then into jets. Yep, mm. yep. Wow. Well, and rockets. <laughs> and rockets. Yeah. And the stock just rocketed. Yes, <laughs> kept rocketing. Wow. And so you're uh, you're then you, you graduated. Uh, you had your first mass, uh, and then where were you at? Where where was your first mass? Well, my first, my family, uh, of course, had lived in Chicago, but in 71 or 2, they moved to Michigan. I was negative uh, 10. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, you know, well, I had already left home, you know, I was, I was in, uh, you know, in the Jesuits already, and they moved to Michigan. I found them anyway. And <laughs> you're a hunter, I guess. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, 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 they actually moved on to a farm. Oh. Uh, dad bought a book, read it three times, and built a house. Whoa, that was a mechanic, he had never been a carpenter, yeah. And the wow. only th- he brought someone in to help with a few of the specialties, like putting up uh, plaster and stuff, putting up the drives, okay, dry yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But wow. other than that, he built everything wow. himself, yeah. and in fact, he overbuilt, uh, you know, because he wanted to make sure. Um, but it's well, strong house, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, mom told him how the kitchen and everything was going to be. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> but they, um, and he tried raising cattle. He couldn't make any money, but he went back to what he did, was good at, uh, and that was selling cars. Look at the size of that trunk. You could put three bodies in there. Mm. You know, so he did about that. Okay. So, so I had my first mass in the small town in Michigan. And as it turns out, even though the parish was old, you know, over 100 years by that point, mm. um, they'd never had a f- uh, first mass in that church. So I was Ooh. the first one to have a first mass there. Oh, wow. wow. St. Basil's in South Haven, Michigan. Wow. Beautiful church. If you ever get up to su- southwestern Michigan, you got to go there because the church is built on a bluff overlooking Lake Michigan. Wow. It's just Whoa. stunning. Wow. It's just yeah. stunning. How far yeah. is that from Ada, Michigan? Ada, Michigan? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's the yeah. it's the uh, the uh, I laugh because your daughter's the, Ada. <laughs> it's the Muslim hub of the United States. Oh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, just curious. is that near mm-hmm. Detroit? It must be near Detroit, possibly. Never, never yeah, see, that's on the other side of the state. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. And so then, yeah, uh, it's just a farm community, yeah. and mm-hmm. and they weren't even in town. That town was nine miles away. They were uh, in you know t- tiny, tiny little crossroads. Yeah, Poland. Hmm. Yes, yes. Mm. And uh, so then you moved into, uh, where, where, where'd you go from there? I'm just yeah, curious. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, my first, well, Jesuits you know, I, was ordained, I was ordained in, uh, I, I was actually the youngest Jesuit priest in the order at that time. I was, wow. um, you know, I, like I said, I entered uh, in 68 uh, into the society. And, you know, I was in high school during the council. Mm. So you can imagine that there's a lot of turmoil going on in the church. And I would characterize things this way. 
people in charge had a lot better idea of what they did not want mm. and not what they did want. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was a characteristic of the church in those days. Yeah. And that was true with our course of studies. Hmm. They knew they didn't want the old course, but they didn't know what exactly they did want. And they experimented in a lot of ways mm-hmm. on me yeah. <laughs> and, and my classmates. Sure. Yeah. And I oftentimes compare that period to the way I used to go to my buddy, again, one of these three guys, mm-hmm. my buddy Ed Sika's house. His dad had given him a chemistry set. And I'd go in there and look at those chemicals and try mixing a few of them, hoping for an explosion, <laughs> but always ending up with a gray mess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Never got the explosion. That's what happens when you mix all the colors together. Yeah. Just that's gray. it. That's yeah. it. So yeah. you're characterizing that as how the church was at that time. <laughs> yep. That's, you know, that they would explode. You know, hope for an explosion of vocations and evangelism, but it just sort of got this bland mess. And um, so I kept doing whatever they told me. And when I was, you know, 26, uh, the rector of the seminary said, I don't know how you did it, but you're done. Hmm. Oh. You finished all, this is your last course. You finished. Wow. And I said, well, I just did what you told me. Why did you put that weapon together so quickly, go? You tell me to, you sergeant. Uh, <laughs> obedience. For once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, okay. um, so they ordained me. And everybody was really surprised because <laughs> I was so young. Usually our guys were in oh, yeah, were 32, young. 33. Mm-hmm. And here I was 26. It is young. Um, and wow. so I got ordained. And at the same time, one of the... Jesuits had proven himself to be fairly incompetent at teaching in one of our high schools. And the only other Jesuit in the theology department had been transferred to a different high school to be the principal. Hmm. So there were no Jesuits in the theology department. And this, you know, this is when the vocation crisis was starting to be a little bit of a crunch. Okay, it wasn't yeah. real bad yet, but it, the crunch was on, and the provincial kind of panicked. Said, we can't have a theology department at one of our premier high schools without a Jesuit in it. Mm. Pacwa, you go. Okay. <laughs> so they so they sent me, and I I didn't want to do that. Oh yeah. I, I didn't like teaching high I taught high school for a couple of years in Cincinnati and I learned a lot. It was you know yeah. it was fine, but I thought, well that's over. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't. Yeah. And and I even told the guys over at the high school, you know, I don't like high school kids. Mm. I don't like high school teaching and I hate the suburbs. Because I grew up in the city. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, and they were laughing. They thought I was joking. I don't know why people don't I tell them exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so they sent me there. And um, after a year and a half, the superior, who joked around about that, said, oh, you really meant that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I told you that! <laughs> so, but anyway, I taught high school, and... and it was um, uh, the area, you know, the, again, this is part of the experimentation that was going mm-hmm. on. When I took moral theology, they were experimenting. They just 
It was dumb. That was the worst hmm. part of our theology training, oh, except yeah. for canon law. That was worse. Oh, wow. um, that, wow. that was, you know, we had a, uh, oh. the canon lawyer was actually a Franciscan at another Catholic seminary, and we shared classes. Yeah. So we took it from him, and, and he said, well, they're coming up with a new code. We don't know what's going to be in it, so I won't teach you anything. Oh. Well, that's not really a good plan. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I never ever learned how to do an annulment process. Oh, yeah. I always yeah. had to give it over to the parish priest. They know how to do that stuff. Yes. But uh, they just didn't teach us because they didn't know. Right. So, wow. uh, but the, but that was the worst course. The second worst was moral theology. Wow. And it was just they they wanted to do meta ethics. Right. Oh, yeah. And Catching subject. Yeah, and you know, like, what's the basic principle? And that just right. with this theory, and then in the last quarter, you did a, a, a paper, a long paper, on a specific moral issue, and I chose birth control. Mm, good for mm. you in and the sixties. Yeah. Well, this is seventy. 70s. This is 70s. 76, yeah. 76. And, um, and and I came out in my paper in favor of. The, the teaching of humanae vitae. Sure. I supported mm. it and defended it and gave, you know, reasons. Well, when I was up for ordination, the rector said, is this true that you wrote a paper supporting humanae vitae? What? Say what? Uh, we had some complaints in the informaciones about, you know, there are these, uh, they, they give these, these forms to people, six different people that are, mm -hmm live with you, professors and fellow uh, seminarians, um, and said, is this true? Because this was a complaint made about you that you supported Rimane Vitae. Now, think about that. That is unreal. And But it was the times. And can you just, for our audience, wow. our listeners, explain a little bit of Humane Vitae? Yeah, Humane term. Vitae was an encyclical by Pope St. Uh, Paul VI in, 19, in July of 1968. This was, it came out um, uh, four weeks or so, if, if that, before I joined the society. Okay. Oh, wow. And in there, he explained why we cannot accept the birth control pill as a moral form of contraception. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, he said that if we do, and this was the key argument, that it separated the aspect of procreation in marriage from love. And he was spot on. Mm -hmm. because oh, so prophetic. The, I mean, the, the yeah. night, because that, it came out on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And there's no news on Sundays. Mm -hmm. So a number of the folks on the left held a press conference for that Sunday evening, and they... Pro, they were against Humanae Vitae. Well, that became big news. Catholic theologians against the Pope, you know. Yeah. And that be, dominated the news about Humanae Vitae, and the message was missed. But mm. the um, that theologian was at the time at uh, Catholic University, um, made the point for the Pope by doing what he said would happen. He he separated love. From procreation, yeah. and later, and it was within. Uh, uh, he was, in fact, I remember watching him in the '80s when he was being brought up by Pope Saint John Paul for 
um, you know, silencing and being kicked out of teaching at any Catholic university. Yeah. Uh, this is Father Charles Curran from, I think, the Diocese of Rochester, New York. Um, and uh, he was forbidden to teach at Catholic schools. Wow. Um, and he was on, uh, it was, was it 60 Minutes or Nightline, one of those oh, wow. ABC news programs. Yeah, CBS, mainstream. Yeah. And he said, uh, they asked him, well, uh, do you think that it's um, ex morally acceptable to use birth control pill? Yes. Condoms? Yes. Um, to, uh, you know, have uh, have commit or having a uh, divorce, yes, oh. and mm. uh, divorce and remarriage, yes, it can wow. be, wow. and uh, uh, adultery, yes, it can wow. be, morally acceptable, and uh, uh, abortion. Oh, my. I see, and that was exactly what Pope St. Paul VI had warned about. Yeah. You separate, because what Curran did is he taught that love, has the priority. So if you really love the person you're committing adultery with, and there are other extenuating circumstances, for instance, your spouse is uh, bound to a bed, and it was a hospital bed, oh, bound, right. and, uh, and can't you know, have relations and things, that that could be morally acceptable to what? commit adultery. Wow. Well, it's reminding me of, uh, 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 gosh, the Ishmael. And Isaac. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hagar. Yeah, yeah. Hagar. Yeah. Abraham. Abraham and Hagar. Abraham Hagar. Yeah. Well, that that wouldn't no. be relevant because that was legal in those days. Mm. Oh, okay. See, it, see, you don't know That's enough about law. Middle Bronze Age law, do you? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> yes. Yes, in, in Middle Bronze Age law, if a woman could not conceive, yeah, she could make the decision to give her slave to her husband. Okay. And that's why you see Sarah uh -huh. uh, giving yes. Hagar to Abraham. But when Hagar starts to be a little bit proud that she's pregnant yes. and Sarah's not, mm. Sarah, not Abraham, had the authority to dismiss her. Mm. Wow. Wow. It was not up to the husband either yeah. to give the slave girl so she was the one or to him send away? her away. That's why okay. she sends her. Okay. And, and that's, at I believe, in the uh, law codes found at Newsy. Probably never been there. <laughs> nope. That ain't, uh, ain't in Texas. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Never been there. Yeah, yeah. You, see, you got to brush up on your Bronze Age, Middle, yeah, my, yeah. middle Bronze Age middle law bronze. code. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm still trying to brush up on Texas law. Yeah, I know it. I know, and stay and, within it. Or <laughs> stay out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick within the bounds of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, within the boundaries, yeah. So that's different. <laughs> but, you know, in this case, it's, you know, the, the part about in sickness and health. Mm. Mm -hmm. Until death do you part? He he was willing to say no. Well, if there's love involved, it's okay. And fornication was okay for him. Wow. If, if you love, no, 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 that's not mm. really love. Yeah. Uh, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gosh. And so um, you know this the opposite is, of truth. Yeah, and and even abortion. Mm. And I remember being uh, watching that interview really? with one of my very liberal. Jesuit friends, he said, that's it. 
He's done. Mm. Oh, he even knew. Yeah, so yeah. he did that in public mm-hmm. on t- na- yeah. national TV. Yeah. And said that's it. He's done. Yeah. And he was. After that, was because the case was still pending at that point. Yeah. And once he said all those things, sure. So he ended up at SMU, oh, uh, teaching yeah. more theology there. And he and he had moved away from that because that's Southern Millionaires University. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at any rate. Uh, I got in a little bit of trouble, but then when the rector asked me that, you, you wrote this, is this true? I said, yes, it is. But here was my reasoning. And so I bam, gave it all. And I said, okay, well, you thought about it. We'll let you be ordained. But it was an issue. It wasn't it. It was an issue. Yep. So those are the times. Those are the times. So the... And, and this is something, I, I learned a big lesson from that. You know, on one hand, you always see the left saying, you got to be open-minded. Yes. But once they get in power, mm-hmm. that is the last thing that Close they mind. are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They are absolute about their position. Mm-hmm. They're open-minded until they get in control. And then once they're in power, that's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And that and and that rector actually was he, you know, he was not mean. He was not yeah. regimented. He was a good thinking man. I read and and a friend, and I respect him a lot. But I learned from that and saw that put into play in a lot of other places over the all over the place. And with mm-hmm. the Jesuits and their and the. Uh, explosion of education across our country mm-hmm. right i mean they were in the the education system and without catholicism i mean i wouldn't have an education yeah right and well it, see this is one, one of the other things too in the 1960s catholics and jews both did an amazing feat catholics and jews had come to this country from eastern and southern europe and some from like here a lot of germans from central europe Mm -hmm. but from the 1880s forward lots of folks from eastern europe came here poland Mm -hmm. czech czechoslovakia and those well actually it was the austro-hungarian empire Mm -hmm. um and southern europe italy and all that um and they were poor and jews came from eastern europe and russia the Russian Empire, and they were dirt poor, oftentimes illiterate or semi-literate, and ready to work mm-hmm. and make it in America, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, my my grandmother told us, you know, when I came to this country, they told me it was paced, the streets were paved with uh, gold. Mm. Um, she said they weren't. They were paved with, um, how do I put it, dung. That wasn't uh, the word she used, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's right. Yeah. Right. And so um, <laughs> she would say it in Polish, with <laughs> vulgar word. But at any rate, um, she, um, you know, so they worked hard. Yeah. And the Catholic nuns and priests and brothers who got the schools going and eventually a lot of lay people too but it was mostly the religious and and clergy Um, by 1960 the Jews 
and the Catholics became the two best educated religious groups in the country mm-hmm. and the two wealthiest. Jews were better educated and wealthier, mm-hmm. and Catholics were second best educated and, well, and second wealthiest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we outstripped the colonial re- religions. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's the amazing thing. Yes. Right, right, because they were here first. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they were here in the colonial days. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know the the colonies were officially yeah. a Puritan uh, colony in Massachusetts and a Congregationalist in uh, 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 Connecticut, Baptist in Rhode Island, uh, oh, yeah. Episcopalian mm-hmm. in um, New York, Virginia, and the Southern colonies, and Presbyterian in New Jersey. Wow. They had official religions in those days. Mm-hmm. And the only two colonies that had freedom of religion were first the Catholic colony mm-hmm. of Maryland. Mm-hmm. That was the first colony to have religious freedom. And mm-hmm. then Pennsylvania. Yeah. Huh. And then because of religious freedom law, Puritans moved into Maryland colony overwhelmed the Catholic population, and then made Catholicism illegal. <laughs> so the Catholics had to, that's why the first diocese was in uh, Baltimore and, mm-hmm. and Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. yeah, wow. So that's an interesting history, you know, and yeah. following it through and how it affected your life as you were, you know, growing up yeah, and yeah. coming into your faith and yeah, yeah. getting out into the world, because that's, that's the Jesuit thing to do, right? Yeah. Is, is well, You've mentioned that you're... Starting your autobiography. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten a good preview of it. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exclusively, right? I didn't give you the exciting parts either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got to buy the book for that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, the, uh, matter of fact, I, I just started, I'm going to have a chapter that I, about when I started hunting. I started hunting late. Yeah. Because in an earlier chapter of the book, I talk about when I was a novice. You know, before, way before, my second year in the bishop was at an inner city parish. And I was working with a street gang, Mexican street gang in in that neighborhood. And I got shot at three times, knifed at gun, or or, or mugged at knife point. Uh, And a passerby saw it. Mm. And he said, stick him, stick him. What? I said, moving on, moving on. <laughs> I like that idea. Muevete, muevete. But the guy didn't. He didn't stick me. Oh, man. Uh, but he had, he had the knife point right in my side oh, as no. he went into my pockets. And I had 10 bucks wow. um, in, in there. And it was actually something I was bringing over to the rectory because somebody had asked for a mass to be said. I, I didn't even have 10 bucks, you know. To yourself. Uh, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. That's, uh, so I gave that over for mass to be said. Uh, and they took that. <laughs> they took so basically it. Yeah. You're, you're, oh yeah, he took that. Your point here is that you went from the hunted to the hunter. Exactly. <laughs> that is the story of my life right there. Uh in Chicago I was the hunted and later on I got to be the hunter. Well, and I remember you said when we were hunting you're, and you're kind of sharing some of this, you said, "Yeah, I moved from Chicago to Detroit for safety." <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad Chicago was wow. for me because they were because uh. the I, I had I witnessed a friend of mine being murdered, and mm. I had to leave town, yeah. you know, because of that. And that's when I started growing my beard. Okay. That was really? part of it, yeah. Haven't shaved it off since uh. 1970. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I saw some food in it. I could tell. Maybe that was from. <laughs> that, 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 that was some tamales from <laughs> Christmas. <of> six, no. <laughs> yeah, from the 70s. Saving it for later. <laughs> I thought it was cool that you, you know, they put you in a Catholic high school to teach, and you're like, oh gosh, what the heck's going on here? And yeah. you've been teaching ever since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your own well, way. see, that, that's one of the things, too, about God's providence. I did not, I, I really did not like high school kids. Yeah. I, I, I like them better now. But I couldn't really understand because the, the high school I went to was a seminary. And there was a little bit of monkey business, but nothing, no bad mischief going on. It just didn't happen. Yeah. You know, we, 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 were, we had to study three hours a day. We, we took two languages, four years of Latin, two years of a modern language, plus all the other courses in high school. And, you know, it was required for us to go to mass every day. Daily Rosary, Weekly Confession. This was all part of our training. So there was, yeah, you know, yeah. just a couple of dumb things here and there right, that guys right. did as, yeah. you know, little tricks, but nothing much. And, um, you know, I could not understand, and I didn't like putting up with some of the nonsense these other kids were doing in school. Wow. I, wanted to, I wanted to focus on the subject, yeah. and they needed more discipline. So... Um, you know, so it took me a while to. I like high school kids now. I, I taught uh, a course last year. You know, for, during the COVID thing, mm -hmm. this one high school couldn't find a teacher, so I did a course for a Catholic school in uh, Atlanta on uh, Western civilization, mm. and and I really enjoyed them. I yeah, really did. Yeah. They were mm -hmm. they're good. So I think I was just too mature to be teaching high school. That was part of it. Um, <laughs> I always told my high school youth. I said, uh, "Hey, look." Uh, there's no rules in this classroom, but if it's not about the subject, you got to go outside. Mm. Mm. And it allowed their minds to be open, mm -hmm. and they looked at me like I had three eyeballs. And uh, but they they respected it because mm -hmm. they realized, hey, I can ask him any question I want. Yeah. And the yeah. subjects, you know, might be like humane vitae mm -hmm. or um, mm -hmm. just being real. Mm -hmm. And and they were their noses were stuffed in a textbook and they'd been going to class all day long, yeah. you know, and here comes CCD and youth ministry and they didn't want their nose in a textbook. Sure. So we went to the heart and it brought it right back to the mind. Good. Mm -hmm. Good. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, those high school and my, my oldest daughter is, uh, oldest child is 12. And so, uh, you know, we're getting at that age where the questions are coming and, the, yeah. you know, the little... Especially from that one. <laughs> yes, yes. Joan is her name. She's yes. Fearless leader. Oh, yes. <laughs> Fearless indeed. Uh, and her, some of her friends are a little older. And I she go is, outside. She's and, mature. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you guys playing? Pirates. And Joan's the captain. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Always has been, always will be. Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. It's it's awesome to hear your story. Yes, thanks for sharing. Well, what, what I was just gonna say that one of the things about finishing up that high school time. Yeah. And they saw that I really did not like high school. They let me go on to grad school. Mm. Oh yeah, and yeah. They, they said, try it, see how you do. <laughs> and I and you've really, been studying ever since. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, this I, is. I went for a year before grad school to do advanced Hebrew and advanced Greek, and then as I did that advanced Hebrew and Greek. I, um, uh, you know, did well, and, and so they uh, let me apply to uh, grad school and got accepted at uh, a few colleges, but uh, I went to Vanderbilt because they gave me the best scholarship. Yeah. So, hmm. so I went there, and... They have a good trust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, they do. Hmm. And uh, 
A lot of Yankee guilt money is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Cornelius Vanderbilt yes. had sort of taken over the Southern Railroads after the war, yes. and he made a lot of money, yeah. so he felt a little guilt. The second largest trust behind the Vanderbilt Trust is right down the road in San Angelo, Texas. Is that right? Yes, sir, it is. Huh. Uh, it is, and uh, it's pretty interesting to, to see some of the students who come from all around the world who get to go to Angelo State University, and mm. um, yeah, it's it's pretty neat to see how it's affected people's lives and, oh, and yeah, yours yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it was it was great. So I got my doctorate and started teaching college. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow, that's great. So uh, Vanderbilt, I guess it was kind of a melting pot, would you say? Well, it, it's at core a Methodist seminary. Mm. Okay, and the, this it was a seminary when. Uh, Cornelius gave a million dollars back, I think, in the 1880s yeah. and to make it into a university. It was the, the only the fifth university in the country to offer a Ph.D. Wow. So it was re- really early on. And, mm. um, uh, but there, along with the seminary, in the same building, there's the Graduate School of Religion. Mm. And so I was in the Graduate School of Religion and... Um, then, uh, but but I taught the seminarians. I taught, I, I team taught a course in Old Testament with because that's my field. Yeah. Um, I team taught a course in Old Testament with uh, my dissertation director. So he would do the classes on Monday and Wednesday, which was uh, a couple hundred kids, uh, undergrads and seminarians, mm. and about 75, 80 seminarians, and then on Friday. He would take the undergrads and teach them, and I would teach the seminarians. Oh yeah. One of the, you know, one of the great things about having taught high school, as much as I, you know, had difficulty uh, teaching, um, I learned to teach because mm-hmm. those little boogers in high school uh-huh. are sitting there all day long looking for every chink in your armor, <laughs> and you gotta figure out a way to yeah. entertain them and yes. teach well so they get it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that was great preparation for teaching at university. Yeah. And I used to tell my colleagues at, you know, in grad school, y'all should go teach at a high school before you take a university position mm-hmm. so you learn how to teach. Right. Because by grad school, yeah. you are well acclimated to boredom. <laughs> and you can get away with yeah, it. Exactly. In high school, you cannot. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot. They will teach you. And so mm-hmm. I would teach these seminarians. And I said, you know, we would be hit or miss with Professor Harrelson's lectures. Hmm. We never missed your lectures. <laughs> wow, that's great. Because we never knew what you were going to say yeah. next. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about, I mean, Tony Robbins even says that, you know, we're no longer of, in the information age. Everybody's got information. It's right there in your cell phone. You yeah. can find anything you want. Mm-hmm. Why are we in the information age? It's there. It's like water. We're in the entertainment age. Mm. And you'd say this about the youth. I mean, even more so. How now. much? Yes, it's all about entertainment. And so, um, you know, Rome Boys and and what we do here, and you with um, EWTN and, and Ignatius Productions, and wanting to be in the media. Uh, while our goal isn't to necessarily be entertaining, uh, we find that people are entertained by some of the things we talked about. Yeah. But it's the truth. Yes. And yeah. people Gotta seek. stay focused on that mission at yeah. all yeah. times. That's right. At all but, times. you know, we, we have, right. you know, these characters up here, Captain America and mm-hmm. St. Michael the Archangel. And we talk <laughs> about to our kids, like, uh, uh, 
Is that Michael's one of the characters? <laughs> Beyond that, yes. How interesting this, the saints are. And, you know, yeah, um, the, right. I mean, Angel Gabriel, Angel Michael. and Well, see, as a matter of fact, I, I've been hearing confessions now for 45 years. Oh, all right? And I started hearing confessions right after ordination. The Legion of Mary contacted me and asked if I'd come down to Skid Row and hear confessions there. Yeah, wow. And one of the things I would say about sinners... They are boring. They do the same <laughs> sins. Repeat, repeat. Yeah. It's, the, it's the saints who are very interesting. Interesting. Wow. Because they look at someone like Mother Angelica uh -huh. and what an interesting person she was. Uh -huh. yeah. But the sin is pretty much the same stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't know yeah. why people are afraid to go to confession. We've right. heard it all. Been there, done yeah. That. yeah. Amen. Well, I didn't say that. Sometimes maybe, sometimes not. Sometimes they've done stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But been there, heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been there, heard that. Yeah. 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 Goodness. <laughs> that is a good priest shirt, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Been there, heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We're into confession. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> though, on the other hand, I, one of my favorite hunts uh, that I ever did, among my very top favorite hunts, was hunting wild boar with dogs and a knife oh, and I, I i stabbed a 300 pound boar with a knife in the heart you know with the help of a dog and you're a team with that dog <laughs> yeah. he depends on you and you depend on him yeah, you know wow. he, he, oh, he was a great dog riley yeah. i love that dog yeah. uh pit bull and oh, oh yeah. he he was great now after you killed the pig you got to let him calm down he's always a little he's adrenaline was up, up. But, sure. but we killed a 300 pound boar and a 250 pound sow that night with a, that Riley and a knife. And um, I have a picture of me in between those two pigs. We, we put them on the truck and I'm sitting in between them. And uh, I want to put that picture on my confessional door with a sign saying, Tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can make you squeal. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. Don't do that. <laughs> no. I love it. Yeah, before I went in, into that confessional, I'd be Boy, serious. Oh, yeah. So, Father, when's the, uh, when's the autobiography going to come out? When I finish it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you don't have a deadline. So you, know. I, I, you know, it's... It, it, you know, I'm starting to find that... Um, you know, well, first of all, most of the time when I'm writing, uh, unless I'm just not near someplace, but most of the time when I'm at home, always when I'm at home, I write before the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. This is also something that's part of, you know, prayer and meditation. But I also yeah. got to check on a lot of things like uh, dates and things like that just yeah. to make sure I get the story straight because, mm -hmm. you know, there'll be fact checkers as there should be. Mm, yeah. You know, I, but I don't want to you know, falsify anything that I've sure. done. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm careful. Not, and one of the cool things, like in this chapter I'm writing about hunts, I've got photographs of all the critters I killed. And the nice thing about these modern digital phones and cameras is that they keep the date. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, so, and, and over the years, I organized 
no, the each year of hunt I, I put into different files. So oh, I've got it well nice. organized. Nice. My great. room is a mess. My house is pretty bad. My <laughs> office is awful. But I have my notes clear. You know where you're organized there. Notes are organized. Notes are organized. So it takes a little while to make sure I get all that straight. And a lot of times, too, as I'm telling some of the stories, I remember, oh, yeah, that happened, too. <sighs> but it's been cool because I, I, I have people who were with me at those different stages of my life and i you know there's most a lot of them are still alive so i have them read it oh, great. or even better yet i like reading it to them yeah so that i can hear the rhythm sure. of it uh-huh. and uh, and also they can say well it's not quite like but usually they say you remember more than i do yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's good too because you know it kind of hearing how the reader will, you know, consume the information. And yeah. that's, that's great. And overall, I've got a pretty good memory. So yeah, yeah. yeah. This is really healthy for you to do too. you know, talk yeah, about it uh, is examination of conscience. And, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's something that's also prayerful. Yeah. You know, that it's, it's like an icon, yeah. right? Like yeah. painting and see icon. how God has worked in your entire life and just be blown away by yeah. how great he is. Yeah. 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 And, and the other thing too is, um, you know, like I mentioned, how my dad was very opposed to me being a priest, and he he was he was opposed to me being a priest from the time I was twelve. Mm, yeah, yeah, he he, he didn't Early. like the idea, and he he would argue with me on a regular basis, and so we had our tension, as a lot of fathers and sons do. Mm. Um, but then I also see more and more how I'm a lot like him. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, not always the good things, sure. not always the bad things. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. just various parts of. Well, we're giving yeah, a fallen sure. nature too, right? Yeah, and yeah. So, Did and, you come around, or you want to include that in the book? And, and oh, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that's definitely going to be p- yeah, part yeah. of the, the book. You know, yeah. and 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 I can see it more as I write. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, great, great, great. Uh, any inspiration on any other autobiographies on on, you know. What you, how you're writing it, by any chance? Um, no, I'm just sort of writing it like I remember it. I, That's good. Yeah, I just write it like I remember. That's it. good because it's unique. It's you. Yeah. It's uniquely. Yeah. It, we've been given that advice, you know, um, in our show. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, it, don't try to to script your situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it doesn't work. Live your life. You're unique. No. You're uniquely you. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I when I first came to EWTN full-time. I've been making shows at EWTN since 80, February of 84. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, I always remember because it, it was February 29th of 1984. I used to tell mother I was her Sadie Hawkins day yeah. date. Oh, yeah, tell <laughs> the story, will you, please? Yeah, well, she, she said, uh, and she would say when I said that, uh, well, you must have been hard up. <laughs> I said, actually, you invited me. <laughs> Sadie Hawkins. That's, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when when I came full-time full, uh, full time at EWTN, people were pretty upset. They didn't like it because really? they missed Mother. Mm-hmm. And, oh, frankly, right. I had a little bit of a difficulty because Deacon Bill Steltemeyer, who was president of the network, Mother was CEO, uh, the the uh, well chairman of the board, she was chairman of the board. Yeah. Um, but Bill was the uh, president, and he was telling the audience, "Mother gonna be back in six in five months. Five months, you're gonna be back. It'll be awesome." Well, <laughs> you know, uh, and I thought he sort of talked yeah. like uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Got a mouth like an outboard motor all the time. Put 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 put
think a lot of ways. And so, uh, you know, I I knew better. Huh. You know, this stroke, you know, really damaged the left side of her brain you knew her, you where knew. the speech patterns were. And it yeah. was the, there was a dead spot. Yeah. And she did pretty well at first, especially mm. of her brain rerouting around that spot. But, you know, the, mm. there's a bad hemorrhage on that left side, mm. and there, there's just part of that, yeah. that part of the brain was dead. You, you, don't, you can't revive dead no. brain tissue. Mm. That's it's right. Gone. It's gone. And, and, I just, mm. and people, you know, five months later, said, well, it's five months. Where, where's mother? Uh. Well, she, she's not back. She can't talk. Yeah, you know, and that yeah. and that put me in a tough place. And one lady even called in during a live show said, "Well, you're just not Mother Angelica." Mm. And I said, and I said then to your point before, I cannot be a wise old nun. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, right. I have to be what I am. Sure. It's all I know. Right. And if I tried to be Mother Angelica, it'd be fake. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. Amen. And, you know, but I also learned that point from mother. Mm-hmm. She was herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. She was a wise old nun mm-hmm. yep. and a wise guy. <laughs> she was a smart aleck. Wise guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. She, was, she was a smart aleck yeah. and, and good at it, but also charitable and loving. Um, but, you know, she grew up rough. Yeah. And so... You know, uh, I cannot be what she is, and I can't be what anybody else is. Right. You know, that's, well, I'd say it's worked out. I, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's that's the way it goes. And if, you know, you guys can tell that there's not too much difference from way I am on yeah. camera yes. and off. Yes. 100%. Right. No. For better or for worse, uh, <laughs> you get what you get. <laughs> no, worse I think sometimes. It's, well, I'd say, look, it's it's. I think it's good for people to know that. I mean, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to put on a show and you don't have to worry about being uh, proper and holy on camera. It's just how you live your life. Be authentically yeah. human. Yeah. We went to the taxidermy. As soon as you pulled into town, standing out in the middle of the only grocery store in this little area, and uh, you said, hey, I got a bobcat in the truck. Can I go over to the taxidermy and drop him off? And uh, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, sure. So we move all the Lebanese food out of the underneath out of the it. ice chest. <laughs> so, so folks understand, I didn't cook it. I was helping out at a Maronite parish over in Louisville, Texas. Yep. And Lebanese women do not want you to go hungry. <laughs> and secondly, they cook Lebanese style three times more than you can eat. Yes, that's the Just style. Just say it. That's good <laughs> we it's, ate well all week, yeah. or all the, the two days we were yeah, with you. Yeah. Oh, man, it was great. It was some really good food. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, you, you went in and, uh, and, and you brought the cat and you said to the, to the taxidermist there, uh, you know, uh, I strangled this cat. And he was like, Really? And he said, well, there's a story behind it. Uh, you know, my boss, he's always listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah you got to watch he, how you tell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't make it up. My boss is listening. That's right. And to my point, I mean, you are who you are. I mean, yeah. there was no camera rolling when we yeah. rolled up to the taxidermy there. Uh, that was fun. It's just who you are. And I, I really appreciate Again, it. Again, for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Father, sickness and health. And- <laughs> <laughs> that's our side. Yeah, yeah, right. 
Well, Father, we really appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so it was much. my pleasure. And the last few days, awesome. I mean, this has been great. We've held you up enough. <laughs> well, thank you much. Thank you. I had a good time. Let me end with a blessing. Absolutely. Please. Please. Lord, bless you all and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and lead you in all of your ways by his peace. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank and you, Father. Have a great new year. Yes, oh, that's right. Yes. Here we are. Yep. Now you well, just put the pressure on Joe because he's got to edit it so we can get it out there because <laughs> the new year's on its way. Yeah. Yes, it is. Thanks, Father. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I can do to help. Absolutely. In the meantime, get Leo to help you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a great help. He's a great help. Yeah. Knocks cameras over and turns them off and all that great stuff. That's Thanks, his two year old. And he's every bit of it. You have to do a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Co-editor. Co-editor. I'll put in a little tag at the bottom. Of his, uh, yeah. So in the meantime. Be bold. Be real. Be Catholic. God, God bless. bless. Forgot my line. <laughs>